When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Back with you talking another week of fantasy golf here uh, with the Rocket Mortgage Classic on tap for this uh, end of June, first weekend into July, and of course, heading into a holiday week. Uh, so it's not going to be the most exciting golf tournament, but still plenty of money to be won in DFS sports betting. And uh, we will break it down for you here over the next 45 minutes or so. I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. I've got Mr. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, alongside Noto. What's going on? How you been? Been good. And uh, Keegan Bradley, six-time PGA Tour winner. Pretty crazy that he's won that many times. And he's won some pretty big events, too. Uh, he's won a major, won a playoff event. On uh, WGC, I believe, on the Zozo in the fall. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see if he makes the Ryder Cup team. A lot of guys are making a strong push. And, you know, somebody like Tony Finau might be left out of the equation. But uh, still plenty of time for that. Yeah, it's crazy uh, the how stacked that uh, lineup can be. And, you know, whoever eventually gets left out, uh, there will be hand-wringing. And, you know, just uh, people will be upset about it. But what are you going to do? You can't please everybody. Uh, but uh, really impressive performance there from Keegan. Uh, he got got a little shaky on the back nine, pulling the. It's never safe with Keegan Bradley. It was pretty wild to see. He was eight shots ahead of Patrick Cantlay, and in a three-hole stretch that went from eight to two, uh, because Cantlay made three birdies in a row and Keegan made three bogeys in a row. Uh, steadied the ship from there. Was able to uh, get out with the win. Uh, and of course, uh, event, you know, we talked about it last week, always, uh, Keegan always tends to play better in the events that are up in the Northeast, uh, where he's from. So obviously not from, uh, the specific area where the tournament was played, but lots of locals are fans of his and you could tell that the crowd was rooting him on. So kudos to Keegan, even though it wasn't the most exciting, you know, uh, uh, finishes there with him getting a comfortable lead there, uh, over Reeve and the others at the start of Sunday's round. Uh, was still a nice to see him pick up that W on a course that, you know, we talked about this, that he, they just can't make the U.S. Open 
difficult, you know, to where even par is a winning score anymore. And, and we saw this last week with a course that, you know, it's not like it's ever played difficult, but uh, the guys were just tearing it apart. And I mean, Keegan got to what, 26 under there at one point before he made those couple of bogeys. Uh, and, and you had other guys there in that 18, 19, 20 under par range. And it wasn't just a couple guys. It was lots of guys there uh, in that mix. So, I mean, the golfing, the golfers with the equipment and the golf balls and, uh, you know, how strong these guys are now, it's just, it's tough to, uh, to golfer proof a course anymore. Yeah. Rory hit on that uh, in his post round interview saying, you know, the technology is outpaced, you know, this course and, seems like it's happening to a lot of courses on the PGA Tour. So uh, the rollback, if it eventually happens, uh, will certainly be interesting. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned, you know, Cantlay cut it to two there. He missed a seven-footer and then a five-footer and then a seven-footer uh, on his last three holes. So that could have been, uh, you know, could have put a lot more pressure on Keegan there at the end. Uh, Scheffler, just another incredible uh, finish. If he would have done a little bit better on Friday, I think he shot even par. He probably would have walked away with the win, but uh, – yeah, top 12 finish in every event since October. Pretty impressive on his end. And uh, Utah boy, Zach Blair, coming uh, T2. I think he's on a medical exemption right now, and uh, yep. he's about ready to lock up his card for next year. So that was kind of cool to see. Good to see, you know, Chez back in the mix. A lot of people were having fun with, uh, you know, him at the Cheesesteak Factory the night before. Uh, <laughs> Cheesesteak Chez. So, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was an interesting leaderboard, kind of a lackluster Sunday, but uh, – Overall, I like the course. Unfortunately, it's just getting a little too easy for all these guys. Yeah, and speaking of Zach Blair, um, I mean, and we're going to get into this, but we had a major in L.A., and then we had an elevated event in Connecticut. Uh, and now we've got, I mean, as much as I love the John Deere Classic next week, we've got two events that nobody really cares about uh, before the open championship. So you are not going to see a strong field this week. You are not going to see a strong field next week. And if you are Zach Blair, you absolutely pick up these starts these next two weeks, uh, to try to get the points you need to fulfill that uh, medical exemption and, and keep your card. So, uh, and, and he is in the field this week as well, but, uh, it's going to be a couple of weeks where we don't see that strong a field next week will, will be worse, but, uh, you know, this week is not going to be as strong as maybe what we're used to seeing here just because of the way the calendar has played out and it being placed right after an elevated event. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's and and we can circle back and talk about other things from last week. But uh, this is another course this week. I mean, you've got one of the easiest courses on tour. There's almost no trouble here. Super low double bogey rate. The course is flat. Uh, they got a bunch of rain the last couple days. I mean, what's somebody going to shoot this week? Like 32 under par? Or what the heck's the score going to get to here in Detroit this week? Yeah, I mean, the field's not as strong as last week, but it sounds like it has been raining in the area, so it's going to be soft. And, yeah, we've seen uh, three of the four winners be at least 20 under par. So it's going to be uh, another low-scoring week. And the thing with these birdie fests is you just can't afford to have one mediocre round. Like in a major, you can play bad one day and still be in the mix. You can make up a lot of ground, and you just can't do that in these birdie fests. Um, you just have to shoot like 65 every day. And uh, if your guy shoots 300, you're probably moving down the leaderboard. It's just uh, it's a weird weird dichotomy, dichotomy there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these, with how far everybody hits it now, they just turn into wedge fests and putting contests and uh so if you're like noto and i and i, I noto tweeted this out earlier today uh if it's going to be a putting contest you know don't don't pick any of the guys we like to usually play 
uh, this week. But uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Anything else from last week's tournament? Uh, again, Keegan Bradley ended up coming out on top. Uh, you had a big group there, Zach Blair, Scheffler, Cantlay. Brian Harmon, another really strong finish at an event that he always seems to play well at. Rory made a charge on Sunday. Uh, Denny McCarthy was in the mix again as well. Had Minwoo Lee with his second straight top 10 finish. Uh, Corey Connors played well. And then Justin Thomas rebounding from a slow start uh, and maybe finding a little bit with his game, which was encouraging for him. Uh, and, I mean, it was just a, another tournament where the cream rises to the top. You had Fowler continuing his form in there, Matsuyama inside the top 15 as well. So uh, ended up being a pretty good leaderboard, even though, you know, Keegan was kind of in control by the the, the back nine on Sunday. Yep, uh, you mentioned Ricky playing well. Career low round, uh, 60 for uh, Ricky on Saturday and still finished, you know, outside of the top 10. So um, just goes to show how low the scoring was, but. Yeah, let's turn to this week and uh, say the exact same things about Detroit Golf Club. Yeah, I mean, I just find this event and this course boring. I I, I don't know. I mean, um, I and I don't necessarily hate the birdie fests in general, but there's just there's just no trouble here. And, you know, guys are going to be able to pound it out there and hit it, you know, 130, 120 yards, hit a wedge into the green and see who can make the most 12 footers. Um, I just, to me, I guess the one angle you can take with that is it brings variance into play a little bit more, um, you know, with who's going to get hot with the putter. Maybe you avoid a little bit more chalk here. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the course itself is just, it's just another easy par 72 on the PGA tour. And I mean, what, especially on a soft, you know, wet golf course, what, defense is this course going to have for these guys yeah it's not going to have much i was looking at the stats from last year the average driving distance was 302 yards so 10 yards further than your typical uh, average driving distance of an event uh the fairways here are pretty wide the missed fairway penalty is basically non-existent um at least it's a lot lower than tour average and even though the greens are small they're really easy to hit so uh, you mentioned the putting angle a minute ago uh shout out to ron Kloss for that stat said every finisher in the top 10 in all four years of this event has gained strokes putting. So you're probably not going to get it done. It would get it done with just ball striking. And he said 36 of the 40 top 10 finishers um, gained at least two strokes putting that week. So it's going to be a putting contest going to be, you know, where you can bomb it out there. You don't necessarily have to be a bomber. There's been some shorter hitters play well here, but going to have to make a lot of birdies going to have to make a lot of putts and should be a lot of wedges as well. Similar to last week. All right, uh, yeah, and just uh, try to get as many of those golfers through the cut as you can because the 6-6 six six lineup will have tremendous importance this week uh, with the scoring conditions. So it'll be tough for a you know, 5 of 6, with even with some top finishers, to, to beat out those 6-6 six six lineups this week because a lot of fantasy points should be scored here. So I mentioned the weaker field. Uh, obviously, after two really strong events in a row, you understandably have a lot of guys who are – uh, skipping this week and probably next week as well. Uh, and so there's just not the same firepower at the top uh, with it comes a little bit less in terms of uh, high end salary. We don't have anybody priced above 11,000 on DraftKings this week. We've got Finau, Morikawa, Fowler, Homa, and Thomas as your top five guys in the field. Uh, you can tell that Justin Thomas is really trying to, you know, find his game since he's teeing it up again this week. Uh, but, you know, not the same, and all credit to Fowler, 
you know, for what he's done this year. I'm not discounting that at all, but it's been quite some time since we've seen Fowler as the third most expensive golfer in a field. So uh, what do you make of this top group? Is there enough value to where you want to start at the top? Uh, do we go a little bit more balanced simply because of the unpredictability? What are you doing here? Yeah, I don't feel as great about this top range as I typically would with, you know, Scotty Scheffler in the field or something like that. Um, we talk about putting being important, and three of these guys have uh, struggled mightily with the flat stick. You know, Tony Finau, his last five events, negative three, negative three, negative five, negative five, negative two strokes putting. So his putter's ice cold. Morikawa for a long time has been, you know, struggling with the putter, struggling with the short game. Uh, and once again, man, I was on Morikawa last week. What happened? He missed the cut. So uh, I'm not going to play Morikawa this week. So you can probably feel on. you can feel good about it. Um, and then you have, you know, JT, really good tee to green. Um, you just always question that putter. So for me, I mean, it's hard not to like Ricky. He's been playing great all season. We've talked about it a lot on the show that we want him to go to one of these non-elevated events, and maybe he can win one of these. And this feels like a perfect spot for him. Uh, he's made three or four cuts here, so he's familiar with the course. The best putter uh, by far of anyone in the 10K range, especially from 5 to 20 feet. So, yeah, I like Ricky quite a bit. No issue with Homa if he's going to be low-owned. Uh, we don't have ownership just yet, but don't think a lot of people will go there given his recent form. I love Homa this week. I think if you want to take the angle of, you know, going with the unpredictable here, uh, everybody had the major circle for him. He couldn't get it done yet again in a major. Missed the cut last week, uh, but it was on the number. He did shoot a 65 on Friday, uh, bogey-free round with five birdies. So, uh, you know, I, that's nothing to be super concerned about. Uh, by missing the cut when shooting three under for two rounds. So, uh, yeah, I think Homa is the play in terms of assuming that ownership stays down. Uh, he has finished top 25 here each of the last two years. So uh, that's a little bit of a feather in the cap. Obviously, Finau is the defending uh, champ, but uh, and I've got no problem with him or, or, or really with any of these guys. I won't be on Morikawa either. Uh, but uh, yeah, in terms of GPPs, assuming the ownership is in generally in the single digits on on DraftKings, uh, I, I like home a good bit this week. So, all right, let's go ahead and move down into the 9K range. Uh, you've got uh, Tom Kim in here, finished seventh a year ago. Cameron Davis won this event a couple years ago. Uh, we've got Matsuyama coming off a decent performance. Sung Jm coming off uh, a, a decent performance last week. Keegan Bradley, of course, coming off a win. Uh, so we've at least got some form here with these 9K golfers, even though it's not what our usual 9K range is. Uh, what are you looking at in this range? Yeah, it was nice to see Sungjae play a little bit better last week. I know he kind of fell apart on the weekend, but still top 30 after the form he had been in. He's one of those guys that can gain strokes in all facets of his game. He's played here three times, never missed the cut. I think it's a really good price point for him and his talent. Also, like Tom Kim, is one of the few places where he actually has course history. Finished top 10 here last year. He's been really good with the ball striking in the last couple of events, including the, the U.S. Open and then last week as well. Uh, he's been playing great. Tee to green monster. Um, you always question the putter, but um, you know his ball striking can carry him. And then for tournaments, I kind of like Harris English. You know, he was kind of popular last week. Um, now it kind of seems like nobody wants to play him. He's kind of gone back and forth with a good week, bad week, good week, bad week for six events straight now. So... One of the best putters in the field. Um, pretty good iron player at times. Can get really streaky um, with the irons. But uh, with these wide fairways, you know, he's not a very accurate driver of the ball. I think that's going to help him a little bit. 
So I like English in tournaments and then probably going to be lower on the other guys in the range. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't have a strong lean towards a lot of guys in this range, but I do like him. Uh, I just think when you consider the overall talent level, um, you know, where he's priced, I, I think, and I, in our projections, um, and, and I see in your model as well, grades out pretty good on a point per dollar basis. Uh, has one of the best optimal ratings in our lineup HQ tool. So, uh, yeah, if he can just string together four rounds, make some putts, uh, I think it's a good fit for him. And I don't love a lot of the other guys in this range. You know, Davis, um, even with the course history, a little too inconsistent of late for me. Uh, don't really want to target Bradley off of, you know, what he was uh, really uh, excited about winning up in up in the Northeast and I'm sure had a lot of friends and family celebrating with him. So, uh, the English call is fine. I'm not usually a guy that plays him. So at that salary, I'll probably uh, leave him there, but I'm not going to fault anybody that decides to play him. So Sung Jay will be my uh, primary option in that range. Uh, and I'll probably dip down into the eight Ks for a few of my next options. Uh, weird to see Jaeger all the way up there, but Jaeger is at 8,900 Harmon again, coming off a strong week. Uh, he's turned the ball striking around over the last couple months. Uh, Ludwig Aberg is going to get a lot of buzz this week as kind of one of the up and coming guys that, you know, maybe in a weak field, uh, I've seen a lot of people chatting about him on uh, social media today already. You got Smalley, Kirk, Hoagie in this 8k range. Uh, anybody that stands out to you in here? Yeah. Aberg's a tricky one for me. Uh, it just seems like there's so many of these top prospects that come in and they struggle right away, and everybody's on them. Everyone wants to bet them. Everyone wants to play them. And more often than not, they kind of take some time. So uh, I'm fine, you know, if he proves me wrong and, you know, comes out and wins or something like that. Um, I'm fine being underweight. I mean, his best finish so far is T24. Um, he does have three top 25s in his last four starts. But, um, yeah, I know the talent's there. I just want to see it a little bit first before I start playing him at this price point. I like the lower range. Uh, Benny on one of the longest hitters in the field. Uh, he's been very good tee to green. Uh, you always kind of question the putter, but uh, he's been a little bit better, you know, in 2023 than he has been in the past. So I'll go to him at 8,200. And then uh, I do like Jaeger a little bit, 8,900. Um, another guy that more of a ball striker than a putter, but uh, he can certainly get hot with the ball striking, get hot with the irons. And the model likes Chris Kirk. He's been pretty bad over the last few weeks, but uh, the model always likes Chris Kirk. And, you know, he's one of those guys that can do, Everything a little bit, uh, you know, better than average. So uh, he makes some sense. He's got three top 25s here in the last three years. Yeah, give me Kirk in this range. I like the model call there. Uh, just, you know, it's not a difficult course. It's not necessarily a, a course where you have to be long. Just place it right. Don't make any mistakes. Make some putts. And you mentioned it, 21st, 12th, and 17th, the last three editions of this tournament. So, uh, yeah, give me steady Kirk uh, in here, especially since there's a lot of inconsistent guys. Hoagie's missed the cut the last two times he's played here. Straka's missed the cut the last two times he's played here. You know, Benny on, on a course where you're probably going to need to make some putts, never the guy I want to be targeting. So, uh, yeah, give me Kirk at 8,500. Uh, I do kind of like Aberg for the DFS side. I, I'm, I'm not going to be one of those that's betting him to win just yet, but – I uh, do think this is a place where maybe he can maybe sneak into contention for the first time. So uh, anything else above 8,000 for you? What about Ekro? Five straight top 30s. He's doing everything yeah. well. 
Yeah, he's right there at 8,000. In fact, I think I might have tagged him too right before we went on the show. So, yeah, I like him at 8K. Uh, he's another guy that's probably going to gain steam. I think his odds have kind of already started to dip a bit. Um, haven't compared him to a lot of the others in this range just yet. But uh, Eckrode at 8,000. And then I've seen some some folks that are playing the short game angle. Justin Suh has been the best putter in the field over the last 36 rounds. Uh, he's not doing a whole lot else very well, but uh, if you want to just play the pure short game angle, uh, there's he's there at, at 7,900. So uh, anything else? Otherwise, you can start uh, dipping into the mid to upper 7Ks if you like anything in there. Yeah, that's probably it for me in the eights. But, I mean, Seb is a guy that just randomly pops. So if you want to play him in tournaments, he does have a couple top 11 finishes here. He's at 8,300. Might be a nice pivot off of, you know, Ekro and some of the other guys in that range, Aberg. In the sevens, it does seem like a good setup for Taylor Moore. He's kind of been struggling a little bit recently, but he was T6 here last year. Good putter, good off the tee. I think that, you know, off the tee putting combo works well here. We saw Bryson do that um, the year he won. Um, other than that, going down a little bit, the model likes Brandon Wu. Um, he's been playing, you know, some volatile golf, but when he does show up, he, he makes a lot of birdies and he finishes pretty high. He made the cut here last year. Then I'll go back to Mark Hubbard at 7,500. He was one of the more popular value plays of the week last week and uh, ended up missing the cut. I believe it was on the number. It finished uh, 83rd. So he's a guy that's uh, good with the putter. The Irons have been top 10 in this field, actually top five in this field um, this year. So uh, I like that angle quite a bit. Now, this is a tough range. It's where you kind of start to see the effects of the thinner field a little bit. Um but Zudenhout at 7,700 is the one guy that uh, that I don't mind. I think you look at his all-around skill set, um, again, last 36 rounds, uh, fifth in this field in approach and 17th in putting. So if you're playing the uh, second shot and make some putts game, uh, he's not as good off the tee. But if, you, if you're not into the bomber angle, I think Bazudenhout at 7,700 is probably my favorite. Uh, in this range, if you look at that overall, all those overall statistical metrics, Hubbard is probably the one that does stand out as well. Um, you know, but th- this is potentially a range where you could just go for a dark horse or just a guy that not a lot of people are going to be thinking of, but maybe we've seen some upside at times, like a Patrick Rogers or something like that. I mean, nothing's really crazy uh, in this range. Like Ryan Palmer is fifth in the field in ball striking. Um, just hasn't, you know, he has been horrible with the putter uh, this summer. So all in whatever angles you want to take, you're not going to find the perfect golfer down here in a weaker field event. But again, I think this is an event where if you want to just fade the chalk from a game theory perspective, uh, you can certainly target some of these guys that have shown some ceiling before, uh, but maybe you're only going to be, you know, three, four, 5% owned this week. All right. Gordon Sargent. He might be able to Uh, play the Bryson angle. Where is, where's his, uh, 75 says, yeah. Okay. There he is right there at 75. Eh, again, I don't think anything is crazy. Um, and we don't have a lot of statistical data here for him, of course, on the PGA tour, but yeah, I mean, if you, if some guy is just going to bomb and gouge the golf course, uh, you know, it, you just got to make enough putts and you're not really going to hit it into a world of trouble around here. So why not take some shots? What else you like in the uh, bottom part of the 7K range here? 
the model likes Thomas Dietrich quite a bit. Um, he's a guy that uh, pretty long off the tee, um, pretty decent putting metrics as well. He hasn't played here before, but he's only 7,500. Uh, Brendan Todd let me down last week. I think he missed uh, two seven-footers in a row to miss the cut on the number. That was kind of painful, but um, if you just want a putter angle, you know, he's kind of one of the better guys in the field. And we got all, we all got to get your take on Doug Gim. He's, he's back. He's playing well. Four straight top 30s. What are you doing? That Doug Gim can't putt. So that worries me with him. Um, you know, it, but the putting has been, I mean, it's it's been a little better. Uh, still below field average uh, pretty much every event. But, yeah, he's not. I, I, he's, I think he's playable this week for the first time in a while uh, for me. So, yeah, he'll probably end up making the pool just because I'm a fan. Uh, I don't know if I can just endorse him, you know, and say, hey, you got to go out and get him. But uh, I don't think you're crazy if you play him this week. Yeah, Adam in the chat, Rogers withdraw. Um, oh, that's Buckley. that's right. Sorry, I missed it. That was this morning, and I forgot to note that no, out. No worries. And Hayden Buckley was the other one. I do wish Rogers was in the field. Um, seems like a great course fit for him. But, uh, yeah, so anyone else in the low sevens that you like? Um, not really. I mean, again, you can sprinkle some of these guys in the pool. I'm not going back to Revy this week. Um, I do think Palmer is interesting. I mentioned him just a minute ago. Um, I mean, I've seen some people just going full bomber angle and, and going for like a Luke list this week, but I don't know. I, I just don't think I can do that again. You're going to have to make some putts here and it's just not going to be him. Like I've played Will Gordon a lot before. You know, maybe he ends up in there, but Tia's got some talent. But Carson Young is the one guy that I'll just keep going back to. He hasn't let me down yet. Uh, not going to worry about a miscut at the U.S. Open. T15 again last week. Uh, so Carson Young at 7K, he's my guy. Why isn't he more expensive now? I don't know. but I And he's always, you know, I, he got a little bit of buzz maybe three weeks ago. Um, but, I mean, in all these just regular events you know he's been cranking out 15th 25th 30th and he's like 7k every week like and and for him to be 7k like last week made sense in the field we had but for him to be 7k in this field that just doesn't make sense to me yeah and if you look at his stats his weakness his weakness is around the green and that just really doesn't matter in a birdie fest the greens are easy to hit and scrambling success rates really high um at this course so i think he's a great fit also, like Harry Hall, um, very good putter. You know, the iron play can be hit or miss, but uh, he's showing up on a couple leaderboards. Mr. Gerg's asking, is Gim a better play than Jaeger this week? I'll say no, never. What about you? <laughs> he's also 1500 cheaper, though. You get a Gim discount. Not in a vacuum, no. But uh, the salary savings, you know, sometimes <laughs> that sometimes that discounted vacuum cleaner can get it done just the same. Okay, here's another one from Mr. Gerg. Is Carson the better young over Cam? Ooh, maybe in the long – I mean, Cam has just fallen hard, I, and I don't know – I don't know. I don't know what the story – I haven't played Cameron Young in a long time, so I've not been burned by that sinking ship, but it surprises me a bit. I mean, even on some of the courses where you'd think he'd play well, he really hasn't lately, so – one other name above 7K. He got some steam last week, uh, largely thanks to myself and Matt uh, on this show. Uh, CT Pan, 
I think he was almost dead last in the field after a couple top fives in a row. I think you go back to him. If you did play him last week, you know, it's a good spot to hop back on it. You know, one eighth at the ownership. <laughs> and nobody's going to be interested in, uh, in boarding that ship again. I, I don't have hardly anybody like young at uh, 7K exactly is probably as deep as I'm comfortable going. Um, I mean, I scrolled through the sixes. I know uh, we talked about Blair at the top of the show. Certainly, we know the motivation is there uh, for him to try to keep his cards. So I think that's interesting. Um, I think you brought up Aaron Baddeley a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know. I can see the case for Blair in here, but I don't love a whole lot under 7K. Yet it's still an event where maybe you want to take some chances. So uh, is there anything you like down here or are stomaching in a large field gpp well kevin roy is back in our life uh he's uh been a model favorite for quite some time really good off the tee and uh really good approach and everything else is pretty bad but don't mind taking a shot on him at 6100 augusto nunez has been uh you know another guy that's been popping in the model the last uh, few weaker field events he's been playing he's been playing okay he's been making a lot of cuts but not a ton of upside Ben Martin, he's okay. That's probably it for me, though. Yeah, Martin crossed my radar as well. Don't mind throwing him in the player pool for some larger field GPPs. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it for me as well. All right. Uh, we haven't done a snake draft in a few weeks. You want to try to swing one tonight? Yeah. Uh, maybe we can get the chat. Say plus one if you would like to join, just to get a, get a gauge yeah. of how many we can get going. So if you're I'm in the chat... I get you the field to... feeling we might have a six man tonight yeah. with the strength of this field, but I'll pop open DraftKings and then we'll uh, load it up here. All right, we got one. <laughs> Three. All right, we got another one. All right, let's go for the $5 six man on DraftKings. It's one out of six right now, so. Is there anybody we would in the 12 be... man yet? What's that? Is there anybody sitting in the 12 man? Oh, you want to give it a shot? Usually we get to like eight or nine and then we get stuck. I'm just wondering if any... oh, only one person. Okay. Yeah, let's do the six. Yeah, let's do the six. All right. So that's at four or six now, and hopefully that'll zoom up real quick and we'll be able to get through it'd be a tough week to get to 12 man <laughs> it'd be pretty yeah, i wanted to i wanted to deep dive that's the best pretty deep dive this week all right so we're doing a five dollar six man draft i will pop open the screen share once that gets if i do it too soon it messes up the timer on the thing so i'll wait till it fills and then i'll take that over here in a moment should we sign off on the podcast feed yeah, absolutely. I forgot to do that, I think, the last time we did this. So, yes, if you are uh, watching us on the podcast feed uh, and you do not want to uh, sit through the uh, little bit of dead air <clears throat> dead air in the live snake draft, uh, feel free to hop off. And, of course, we thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, drop, the, uh, drop the video if you get a chance. A, a thumbs up on the YouTube if you're on there and you're exiting. We appreciate that very much. Help us beat those YouTube algorithms. But uh, for those of you that want to stick around, we'll do a snake draft here. Otherwise, uh, we uh, bid you adieu, and we will see you back here next week.